It's time for episode 257 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, September 5th, 2018. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that's just in time every time. My name is Micah Sargent, and I am joined across the internet by my co-host, good buddy, good pal, good friend, and all-around good dude, it's Dan Moore. And hi, Dan. Hi, I thought for a second, surely you must be introducing somebody else. But oh, it's me! Hey, that's great. That's good news. <laughs> yeah, you get you get the award this time. Congratulations. Here's your medal. Here's your trophy. <sighs> and now it's time. It's time to introduce our awesome guests. To my left is also a good pu- good putty, good buddy, good pal, and uh, self-proclaimed nerd of the internet, and of course the co-host of Automators right here on Relay FM. It's Rosemary Orchard. Hello, Rose. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are so happy to have you here with us. And to my left is a senior writer at Tom's Guide and a former colleague of mine from our Macworld days, Caitlin McGarry's back. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, how are you guys? We are doing very well. We are glad that you could all be here today. Yes, yeah, so happy to have you here and so happy to get things rolling. You know how it works. Got two guests, four topics, 30 minutes. So I'm going to kick things off to talk about hmm, this little application we're using right now. Skype just, uh, well, Microsoft just announced that Skype is going to be doing call recording. Now, for those of us who are podcasters, it's kind of interesting, kind of exciting. We've had to use third-party applications to do call recording in the past, and now it's apparently going to be as simple as right-clicking within Skype and choosing to start recording the call. Most interesting is the fact that Microsoft's current uh, operating system doesn't support the call recording in Skype, so they're going to be coming out with that a little bit later. But I'm curious, you know, for those of you who do podcasting, is this interesting to you? Do you plan to continue to use third-party tools? And then I think the more important discussion here is sort of the implications of a built-in call recording feature, because I don't know about you, but when I went to journalism school, I learned you kind of got to ask before you go about recording people's voices for things. Rose, let's get your thoughts. Uh, well, as a podcaster, it's great because uh, especially if they get rid of the headphone jack on the iPad, then my solution for backup call recording will die when I upgrade my iPad. So from that perspective, I really like it as a safety net. Um, but I I do worry because in some I know in some US states, there's the ability if one party consents and the other party is automatically opted in. And then some part, states you have two party consent, but there are 197 countries in the world. Has Microsoft really got their legal team to go through the laws of every single country? Is a banner at the top of the screen notifying you that you're being recorded really enough for all of this? And I honestly, I can imagine my grandmother pressing something like this by accident um, and then, you know, getting very scared and very confused and, you know, stopping using Skype because it did something she didn't expect. And that's not user friendly. So from that perspective, I am a little concerned. And I'm sure somebody's going to try and fi- find a way to hack it so that you don't get notified if you're being recorded. And then I think we might have some big problems on our hands. Uh, from a podcasting perspective, 
I don't think this is going to supplant the tools that we already use, largely because, from what I can tell, this is not independent recording of tracks. It seems to be a cloud-based recording of your entire call. Uh, And while that does include things like video, which can be handy if you are putting together a video podcast, uh, most of the podcasters I know tend to prefer these what we call the double-ended method, which is essentially where each individual participant records their call locally, because that way it avoids any of the hiccups that Skype going across the network introduces. That said, the possibilities for recording podcasts via ios has been extremely limited so this at least introduces as as rose was saying the ability to have uh recording uh, of a podcast that you do on your ios device which is great but again subject to those same limitations uh if there were an option to have local recordings uh, and that having that sort of like uh, done as an individual track by track basis, that would make things a lot better for podcasters. I worry a little bit that it's too little too late for Skype when it comes to the podcast stuff. I've already seen a lot of people switching to other options for VoIP mm-hmm. calls such as Zoom, which we've used a bit over at the Incomparable. And so, uh, you know, I don't know that this is necessarily gonna gonna help in the long run. And I'm not sure that Skype is that interested in appealing to podcasters. It's unclear. Uh, as far as the larger implications go, I think you guys really hit the nail on the, the head there with the different states and different countries and all these different recording things. That said, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of other ways that your voice can be illicitly recorded these days, so I'm not sure how much Microsoft is actually going to care about that rather than just slapping a big disla- disclaimer over everything. So we'll see. Caitlin, what do you think? Well, you guys have uh, pretty well covered the podcasting angle, but as someone who doesn't host a podcast, um, I have to say as a reporter, I find this to be um, very useful because I often have to interview sources over Skype and, you know, I have other ways of recording the call and obviously taking my own notes, but just another another recording would be extremely helpful to refer to as I'm uh, writing. Um and I do appreciate that they are letting people know that they're being recorded um, in New York, where I live. Uh, I believe it's a one-party state, so the other person doesn't need to know. But it's always useful when when people know they're being recorded. It makes them feel more comfortable. Um, and, you know, you set the boundaries up front for an interview. So that's that's just my take as a journalist. Excellent. I honestly have nothing to add. I think everybody uh, pretty much covered the the opinions and thoughts that I had on Skype uh, doing call recording now. So let's go ahead and move on to the second topic, which comes from Rose. All right. So Philips Hue recently announced on Twitter that they are going to be sending out a firmware upgrade to their devices so that you can not have your lights turn back on into prison spotlight mode after a power cut, which (laughs) if you are like me and something happened at two o'clock in the morning and all of your lights suddenly turned on, it's very unpleasant feeling. Um, And I am slightly stunned that this feature wasn't there from the beginning. I wonder if maybe the Philips engineers don't have lights in their bedrooms um, and they sleep in dark little caves or something, or if it was just somehow missed. Same as not having HomeKit available on Mojave. And now, thankfully, everything's going Mojave. But it seems like it might be a little late. Um, so I'm wondering if you have had a bad experience with HomeKit or if there's just a feature that you're missing that you think really ought to be there and should be there from the beginning. Or conversely, maybe you found a feature that actually is a really nice touch, which has really improved your HomeKit experience. 
Um, well, th- as a somewhat HomeKit answer, I- I'm surprised that there isn't still more robust support for other types of devices. For example, I have uh, Philips Hue has a, a light and motion and temperature sensor, which is a really nifty little device. It's really small. It's battery powered. Um, and you can it is supported by a home kit to a certain degree you can look in your home app and you can see the current temperature and you can see the um the the current uh, light level in your room but there's not really any support for making rules or stuff based on input from that device which seems a little weird um so i'd love to see something like that some expansion in there i I mean personally i'd like to be able to isolate certain features of it because for example it's mainly a motion detector and the idea is you can turn on your lights when motion is detected but for me uh, i work in my office that has a bunch of hue lights in it and i'd like the lights to turn on when the light dims below a certain level right if it's a cloudy day or it turns you know the sun goes down i'd like my lights to come up but it's kind of hard to do that with the current hue setup uh, and not have it also triggered by motion, which is extremely annoying because your lights come up and then like 10 minutes later when I haven't moved from my chair, because clearly I don't get up a lot, uh, all the lights turn off again. I got to like wave my hands around to make them turn on. So I'd like a little better support for those kind of sensors. I think they're some of the coolest aspects of HomeKit, but they're not really fully fleshed out right now. Um, I confess that I am like the last person to discuss smart home, uh, anything because I live in a New York apartment in a historic building. I can't make any changes to anything. Uh, so I basically have no smart home, uh, devices. Um, I do have a lot of friends who don't live in New York who have actual homes that they can do things to (laughs) and they've had some of the same issues um that dan was describing um so i think i think it's kind of cool that uh maybe down the line the sensors can be used um in more sophisticated ways and and maybe one day i'll have millions of dollars to purchase a new york apartment and (laughs) i'll have more input on this subject (laughs) it's a good thing you got into the lucrative field of journalism oh man I know. I I really planned ahead, let me tell you. (laughs) Uh, For me, it's been a while since I've had one of those moments. I definitely agree with Rose that that's like, why have we not fixed that yet? I have heard a story about someone who went to like update their Hue lights at night after they had already like put their daughter to bed. And then the Hue lights updated and the lights flashed on and it woke the child from slumber and it was a nightmare. And I can't even imagine how frustrating that must have been. Um, for me, now I live, um, I don't live in New York in an apartment. I live in the Midwest in a nice home that I can do things that I want to do too. Uh, and so what is I've that got. Like? <laughs> uh, it's pretty great, I have to tell you. So. Now, the garage, uh, I have like a keypad thing on it so I can get into the garage. But when I lived in an apartment during college, I had a smart lock and uh, I was allowed to to change the, the lock. And I forgot that I had enabled the auto lock feature of said smart lock. So I went outside and I was, I think I had like, I was working on my car or something. There was something wrong with the car and I needed to fix something. So I was out there for a little while, long enough for the auto lock mechanism to activate my door to lock. And of course, 
I didn't have my phone or anything outside with which, you know, you could unlock the smart lock. So I had this smart lock, but I couldn't make use of it. And it was very frustrating. And I had to call my landlord and get a key. And I was embarrassed because I had been bragging about how I had a smart lock. So I'd never have to call my landlord again to get a key. (sighs) So I learned my lesson. Uh, by moving into a house that has a garage I can get into. No, by making sure that I always had something with me that I could use to unlock my door. Any last thoughts on that, Rose? Well, your story reminds me somewhat, I believe Serenity Coldwell posted this back on iMore back when she was writing over there, uh, that she had to break into her house, I believe, twice, and her uh, boyfriend or husband uh, also had to break in once because they got locked out with their smart lock, uh, which does seem like a little bit of a flaw in an otherwise uh, ideal system. And I I, I very much hope that we get more of these things and uh, also that we get some more support for other platforms, okay? I I don't necessarily need my boyfriend to be able to create rules, but having his phone able to be used as an occupancy sensor, like when one of us is home, at the moment is just relying on me being home to do all the automations. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, That's, yeah. I think we're going to get there, though. We will. We will soon. I I have faith. I have faith. Uh, I also have faith in my timekeeping skills, and that is because I know it is halftime, and I want to tell you all about our friends at Molecule. You probably spent at least some effort making your home comfortable, welcoming, and as we've just discussed, smart. But have you ever thought about the air pollutants in your home? It's kind of a scary thing to do. Because without them, you could be sleeping better, you could be feeling better, and you could be living better. Molecule is the only air purifier out there that actually destroys pollutants. It's like a sci-fi machine right in your home. More than 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor pollution are expected to air quality that doesn't meet recommendations set by the World Health Organization. Indoor air can be up to five times worse than outdoor air, folks. Well, with Molecule, you can rest easy knowing that you're breathing clean air. Because these air pollutants are being destroyed at a molecular level. And all of their happy customers are reaping the benefits with customers saying they're able to breathe through their noses for the first time in years. The Molecule Air Purifier is whisper quiet, energy efficient, made for rooms of all sizes, portable and connected. And you can control it using its touchscreen display or via your iPhone or Android app. Go and look at the Molecule Air Purifier to see what it can do and see how sleek looking this thing is. Head to Molecule.com. That's Molecule with a K M O L E K U L E.com to take a look around. And when you make your first order, use Clockwise for $75 off. Again, that's Clockwise for $75 off. Thanks so much to Molecule for their support of this show and Relay FM. Dan, what have you got for us? All right, well, there is an Apple event coming up next week, which we'll touch on a little more in a bit. But first, the Apple Watch. Uh, There's rumors uh, and pretty good indications that we're getting a new Apple Watch next week. My question is, are you in the market for a new smartwatch, whether it's to replace an old smartwatch or to dive into the smartwatch field uh, as a whole? And what feature would make it more compelling if you're not in the market? And if you are in the market, what is the thing that you're looking forward to the most? Caitlin? Well, I confess that um, if there is a new Apple Watch unveiled next week, I will almost certainly be reviewing it uh, for Tom's Guide. So I will be getting one regardless. Um, So I don't, I'm not in the market for one, so to speak, because I review these things all the time and I have a bunch of them. Um, 
But my husband is on the Apple Watch Series Zero, so he's struggling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's not it's not performing so well anymore. Uh, it's very slow. It often dies in the middle of the day, and he still wears it because he loves it so much, even though it's barely hanging on. Um, so he's definitely upgrading, and um, I think he's just looking for something that's really fast um that has great app support fitness features um and you know just really tight integration with the phone so he can respond to all of my messages immediately as soon as i text him he'll text me back um and i think uh i think just in terms of the overall market um i think people are really really after a device that can do everything so not just tracking steps, not just, you know, sending messages or seeing uh, notifications from their phone, but can do all of that. Plus, swim-proof GPS, which the Apple Watch uh, is already capable of. And uh, since we're not going to see a Pixel Watch this year, um, I think Apple is positioned uh, very strongly to um, encourage people to buy whatever whatever the next Apple Watch is. So, um, yeah. Definitely into the bigger screen and things like that. Um, it's supposed to be taking up more space on on the display and potentially having all of these new complications and things like that. It's complicated, and I think that's great. I think the thing that's would would be the most exciting for me is probably something that we're not going to get. But by golly, I sure would love to have an always-on screen, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to be able to look at a watch without having to do any sort of weird uh, gesture, gestural experiences in the air to be able to tell the time. So an always-on display would be awesome. And basically the two things that I want are two things that are very difficult to make happen in a watch that you need to charge. The other thing that I want, and I know folks, there are sleep tracking apps out there and you can charge it between your shower in the morning and this and that and the other. I don't want to have to do all of that. I just want to have sleep tracking built into the Apple watch. And like, maybe I need to charge it once a week or something. And the rest of the time I can just wear it and not forget or not have to think about it. I know I'm not going to get that though. So Probably not getting sleep tracking, probably not getting an always-on display, so there's not really anything necessarily compelling for me to get a new one. I did just upgrade to the Series 3 not too long ago. What about you, Rose? Okay, well, I would not like my arm to look like part of a transformer, so uh, no massive battery to power the whole, the watch for a week, please, <laughs> as, as much as I'm sure Micah would love that. Um, but, uh, it, you know, it would be nice to have better battery life. I have a Series 2. Um, I would have upgraded to a series three but i was holding out hope that uh cellular would become available here in austria because it is not and actually if it does become available here in austria that is definitely something that will push me even closer to the upgrade button um as it is i'm probably going to upgrade because i want shinier and faster and uh, everybody loves shinier and faster that's that's a fact uh which i'm sure apple are very well aware of um and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, just seeing, hopefully, this bigger display that's been rumored and getting rid... I mean, you can't see the bezel around the edge, but I know it's there. Um, and it kind of bugs me um, because I am I look at my watch, which is massive, and it's like, there, there's not 
that much information on the screen. Please give me more information. You know, I can, I can read. And uh, for, you know, there's always the different watch faces for the other people who perhaps may not have as great eyesight as I do or, you know, as good contact lenses, if we're being honest here, um, so that they can <laughs> still be able to read their watch, uh, which is, of course, important for everybody for accessibility as well as just people like my dad who don't like wearing glasses. So uh, I'm very much hoping for a bigger display and more information. Please, more information on that screen. Well, again, uh, Rose and Mike, I think, have mainly seized upon the things that I'm I'm big on. One being the always-on display. It is really annoying. Like, it's less functional than an actual watch. Uh, so that's always a tough sell. Um, I have currently I'm wearing a Series Two, which was given to me by our uh, good friend Jason Snell uh, because he had an he had an old one lying around, and that replaced the original Series Zero one that I was using, which was definitely, as Caitlin was saying, getting a bit long in the tooth. Um, but even with the Series Two, I've been I've been really impressed with the improvements in the Series Two. But I I was kind of holding out for a a bigger redesign this year, and I think you know as Rose was saying, with a bigger screen that might pan out with some more information on there is another big. Uh, Plus for me, because the whole idea of the watch is to have information available at a glance. And if you only have a couple little tidbits and any time you need to spend like using apps on your watch is to me, that is ridiculous time that I would have just pulled out my phone for instead. So uh, all those things, faster, better battery life, hopefully a little bit thinner, but it's hard to say. Um, certainly the watches have come a long way since the original one in just like three and a half years, like the computing power on these things has increased hugely and it was pretty good to begin with so i am in the market looking forward to seeing what gets announced next week thanks for your thoughts on that let's go to our last topic today which comes from caitlin all right so speaking of this uh event coming up next week um so we know we're probably almost definitely getting new iphones uh as usual but i'm wondering if there are any surprise announcements aside from a new watch that all of you are hoping to see from Apple. Any any one more thing? What do you think? Oof, any one more thing? Honestly, I have in uh, I, I've taken a new approach to the like Apple wish list that I always build in my head, where I try not to wish for anything extra because I think that in some world where like balance is important if i don't wish for extra things then the things that are very important to me will actually happen and it worked when i did this last time and i got home kit on the mac and so i'm hoping that if i don't wish for a bunch of extra things then my one more thing will be either sleep tracking that makes sense to me or uh an always on display so in order to appease the gods of balance I am going to refrain from answering this question because I just <laughs> want want this always on display. Rose, what about you? <laughs> well, um, Phil- no, not Philips. Bose recently announced some sleep pods, which are like AirPods that you wear when you're asleep, and they've just got a couple of different loops saved onto them. And I am in love with the idea, and I think I would really like to see something like that from Apple. I very much doubt we're going to get it this year, maybe ever, but it would be interesting to see a different form of completely wireless headphone, not just for people who don't like the AirPod look, but also maybe for people who find it uncomfortable to wear. Um, and if, I think that would be a very nice 
optional alternative version of the AirPod. I mean, we have the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 8 at the moment, two slightly different looks, two very nice devices. It would be interesting to see maybe a different AirPod Pro or something like that. Yeah, I kind of want to second that now. I really want over the over the head AirPod versions, like classic ones. That would be nice. But the one I'm... AirPods. Yes, here you go. What I'm holding out for, and there has been some rumor that this might happen, is an update to our our, our little buddy, the Mac Mini. Uh, I love my Mac Mini that I have set up as a media server and a file server on my home network. But it would just be nice. That That's from like the last time it was updated. It was like 2014, and my model's from 2012. And it's holding up pretty well. I've done some upgrades and stuff, so it does a pretty good job of what it needs to do. But I love the Mac Mini as a form factor and as a product idea. It's very versatile. There's a lot that it could, it could uh, handle. And I'd love to see Apple sort of rededicate themselves to having that as a model available in their lineup. I'm not sure whether it will be done. I'm not sure if it would come out now or come out later in the fall. It's all in clear, but that's what I'm. I'm got my fingers crossed for. Well, Rose, I have to say, I did use Bose's Sleep Buds, um, and I I love how they fit, and I love their charging case, and they're very comfortable to wear at first. But then I found myself taking them out every night while I slept because they bothered my ears so much. Oh, um, no. So did not love. Hope Apple does not try to come up with a sleep focused earbud, but I do want an AirPod Sport, um, because I use mine to run um, and go to the gym, and I think I've almost killed them, because they're not, <laughs> they're not sweat resistant, and uh, it's, it's starting to show. Um, so I'm hopeful that uh, Apple will fitness-proof the AirPods, and then I will definitely buy another pair on day one. Awesome. All right. Well, I believe we have just reached the end of the episode. We've got just enough time for a bonus topic, but first I want to tell you about Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Text Expander multiplies your team's productivity, making up-to-date shared knowledge available instantly. So what is Text Expander used for? Well, all of your team's common responses are accessible and searchable through simple abbreviations and keyboard shortcuts. They're written and edited by your best writers. They're available on multiple platforms, so you can get them on macOS, iOS, yes, Windows, and yes, even the web. They're updated immediately everywhere when they are modified. So if you're on a team, Text Expander is going to change your working life because the team will have access to the most important information quite quickly. And for larger teams, Text Expander supports single sign-on. You can use Text Expander to master to-do lists, post to social media, or even help with your time tracking. There are lots of fun things that you can do with a Text Expander. I love it. In fact, it has like it's like being the person at work who has the packet of gum and everyone's like, yeah, I like that person. They always have gum. In my case, it's text expander snippets. I get to hand them out to my coworkers and colleagues every time I come up with something new because we're all writing in similar ways. And so they can uh, take out my, check out my snippets and be able to make their work faster too. So if you want to be the person with the gum at work, you're going to go to textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. And thanks so much to Text Expander from Smile, some great, great, great folks for their support of this show and Relay FM. My bonus topic for you all is stolen right off a of good old Twitter from at Julian Epp. Uh, and the question is, if Kirby inhaled you, what abilities would he copy? 
Okay. Well, uh, I had to Google Kirby um, just to make sure that I had understood correctly. And I'm going to go with awesome powers of automation. Please add reverb afterwards. Because <laughs> I love to automate things. And uh, yes. And hey, automation powers are pretty cool, right? So. Uh, yeah. I Even though I grew up with Kirby, I never really played any of the games. So I also didn't, I didn't know that was a thing. But were he to inhale me, which sounds unpleasant... Uh, I think he would end up with the ability to just eat a lot of bread, just a lot of bread, <laughs> constantly, constantly eating bread. I need, I need that power. Oh, me I mean, too. it comes with consequences. Don't get me wrong. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Dan, I'm right there with you. Mine is French fries, though. Ah, oh, <laughs> nice. They're, they're made of air, no calories. Whatsoever. <laughs> fries. Yeah, and the ability to endlessly scroll Instagram without taking in anything. I don't even know what I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> Have I seen this photo before? I don't remember. I, who knows? <laughs> uh, if Kirby inhaled me, and by the way, Dan, he pops you out afterwards, oh, good. so you're Thank fine. Um, he would inherit, he would get my ability to fold a fitted sheet like it's a flat sheet. <gasps> what? I need yeah. that. Yeah. So that's, that's a real superpower magic. of mine. That's scary. I don't believe it. He's a witch. Burn him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we have to check if he floats first. Uh, there you go. All right. Wow. We have reached the end of another episode. Dan, we've done it. All that's left is to thank our guests. Rose Orchard, thank you so much for joining us here on Clockwise. Thank you very much for having me. And Caitlin McGarry, a pleasure to have you here as well. Always happy to be here. And Micah, let's just hope that we don't get inhaled before the next show. That would be bad. That would be very bad. I got, I've got. i got fitted sheets I need to fold. <laughs> I've got fitted sheets I need you to fold. Okay, uh, deal. Until next time, though, we remind all of our listeners out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.